Welcome to the Leadership Forum Podcasts. This episode is a recording of the live session that happens on alternate Mondays on Hope FM's mid-morning show featuring the Bishop of Christ is the Answer Ministries, Reverend Dr. David Oginde, hosted by Wamboimburu. And you're on Praise Junction at Hope FM. My name is Wambo Imburo. In a short while, Bishop of Christ is the answer. Ministries continues on leadership forum. You'd remember last time we talked about organizational climate and we are all eager to get going. He's here in the studio. Bishop, just before we get to some more on just from where we left it last time, which is a long time ago. Very where long. have you been? <laughs> Very long time. Where have you been? I feel sad that I've missed so many. You really Sessions, have. Yes. Uh, of this of this program. All right. Amen. All right. Yeah. Anything new as in terms of uh, you see you could have been at that global level. Yes. But we could be dealing with the problem right at our local church level, wondering how to reach the fourth fourteens. Anything you came up with that would be of interest? Uh, I think the, the is is just that in 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 Kenya we already have a team that is uh, working towards implementing that strategy to reach the children. We have a team that is working on the what is called the PPI, the Pastoral Pro- Program for Schools, uh, and, and just developing a curriculum on how we can reach the children that are in schools through the opportunity that has been provided for us by the Ministry of Education. Uh, that is a, a legal uh, window that is open for us. Mm. Uh, we don't know for how long it may remain open, but we need to get into through that window and really reach the children that are in school. Churches are doing reasonably well. I would say some churches, not every church, but many churches are doing reasonably well in reaching the children that are in church through Sunday school. But that is a very small number if you consider the number of children we have in the country. So how do we reach the children that are outside of church? The ones who are not coming for who are Sunday not school. coming for Sunday school. Okay. That that is where our focus is. How do we reach that majority uh, that that does influence our children from Sunday school? Oh. Because they meet in schools, they meet in, in in different functions and programs for children, and they influence and they have a greater influence on our children than our children have. On them. True. Yeah. So they are the ones who kind of set the agenda. And so when your child comes back home, uh, he or she wants this and is involved in this and uh, wants to dress like this and wants to uh, walk in a particular style. Where are they getting that? It is from those children who are not in Sunday school or those children who are not in church. And so we must be able to do something about those children who are outside of church if we are going to preserve the future of our nation. Mm. That's where values, because you look at even what is happening in the nation with 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 the alcohol. Yes, and I was going to ask you to comment <laughs> you know, on that. Uh, we might as well go there. You 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 realize that we have lost it. We have actually lost it. How can I know that? This is poison. And not only give it to my friend, but sell it to them. You know, sell it to them for money. And you know, this thing can kill. This thing can 
damage the life of an individual. But because I need the money so badly, it doesn't matter. That is murder that, that I, I do not know. So our society is rotten through and through. We need to raise a new generation. We need to raise a new generation. And that will be, uh, that's why we need to focus on children that we can impart values. We can impart some sense of sobriety uh, that, that people begin to appreciate that life is important, uh, that life is valuable, uh, that I need to care for my neighbor, like Jesus said, you know, love my neighbor as I love myself. I'm sure these people who sell those drinks don't drink it themselves. Otherwise, they would not be around to tell the story. So they you actually not... think they knew? They know. What do you mean? They know. They know. How would they not know? How, how can they, even if they didn't know, the first few people to die, they would withdraw that, those, that, that, that product from the market. But it's being sold. It's still, people are still dying. People are still uh, buying that material, that uh, uh, drink and, and still drinking it. When you in, in the Western countries and the developed countries, if a product is sent out and it is has some default, you know, mm. they recall it. Even cars have been recalled from all over the world. I remember. Yes, a very expensive exercise. But because they know that if we allow those cars to be on the road, they are going to cause accidents, they are going to cause fatalities. And so they take the very expensive uh, uh, step of recalling these cars back. Why are our people, if they didn't know, after the first few people died, they should recall those things back. But it's now the government that is saying all those products need to be removed from the market. So it is, it is definitely they know that this thing is dangerous, but because of the love of money, they, they don't care. They don't mind, you know. Mm. So we need to raise a new generation that thinks differently. Of course, we have to work towards hopefully transforming uh, our society, uh, our, the, our adults, you know, who are in government, who are in, in, in the private sector, who are in the, on the streets, because our thinking has been totally corrupted. We are corrupt through and through. We can, we need to, and we should work towards bringing that transformation. But more than that, we must raise up a new crop of people a new generation of people who think differently, who have different values, and who value the right things. And, and why do you think the, the, the value system got warped for, the, for the adult generation so that now we are focusing on <laughs> the ones who we are yet to shape? I think partly because of our wrong emphasis. What do you mean? Our wrong emphasis? You see, as we, we came out from from what we call the dark continent, where we were illiterate, where we were, you know, naive as it were, innocent, you know. We were happy to walk naked and not be ashamed. <laughs> <laughs> That's the innocence that we had. Mm. We lived in communities and social structures that really guarded the society. There were things that you just could not do. 
uh, within the social structures. As those structures broke down, and now there is no accountability, and then the desire for the material things, that it is no longer just a dress, but which dress. It is no longer just education, but what kind of education. It is no longer uh, just a car, but which kind of car. So we got into this materialistic pursuit that has made us to do whatever we can do to get there. And it doesn't matter how we get there, provided we yeah, get yeah. there. So people are in this race to make money at whatever cost. So we therefore developed shortcuts, you know, because we want to get there quickly. So that's where corruption comes in. And, and because we esteem and seem to value people who seem to have made it in life, it perpetuates itself. Because when I go back into the village, and I've been working with the government for the last 10 years, people want to see, what have you done? You know? What do you have to show for what it? What do you have to show for it? And so I have to be able to show something. That pressure then, with my government salary, it is not possible to show anything. You know, it is barely enough for me with my family, like the, uh, the widow said, and then we die. But now because the pressure is there to show what I have been able to accomplish within the last 10 years, people look for shortcuts. And that's what breeds corruption. Because we celebrate the person who has put up a big house, the person who is able to give a hundred thousand at a, a fundraising, the person who is able to connect with others, and it is just that pressure that has got us to the point where people are no longer following the right path, but they are seeking for shortcuts, and unfortunately, we celebrate them. We never ask, "Where do you get this money from?" How did, or are you able with your job or your salary to build such a house? Uh, we don't ask those questions. We just come and say, wow, <laughs> you know, what a beautiful house you have put up. What a wonderful car you have, you are driving. Can you come to our fundraising? And we want a million shillings from you. We don't care where it is going to come from. So it has pushed the people to that place where they have to show what they have been able to achieve. Mm. And that is what is leading us to this corruption, these corrupt practices, uh, the, 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 even in business, people want to make it quickly and fast. And we celebrate, you know, so-and-so has just started his business the other day. Look what, where the business is. We don't ask how did you did get, you get there. We don't do that. So if I start my business and it's not growing very quickly, I want to take shortcuts. I want to pay people who can help my business move forward. And we're just corrupt. We have to train our people, the younger generation, that <laughs> fruit trees grow slowly. Yes, very slowly. Very slowly. Very, very slowly. Yes, I agree. Yeah. I've watched some. We have a <laughs> very slow process. <laughs> so we yeah. have to train our people, yeah. uh, our young people, the, the, the value of patience, the value of tarrying and waiting, you know, 
you can't get a job today and tomorrow you are driving unless you are driving a company car. It is not practically possible. You'll get yourself into a mess. In the process. In the process, you know. So those, those are values that have to be taught early. Mm. For those who are going to survive, they have to be taught early. And the Bible says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when they are old, they will not depart from it. All right. So I believe that we can raise up another generation, but it will require a concerted effort from all of from us, from all uh, players, and the church, the church, the parents, and the society, government. All right, have to really work together to raise up a new generation. All right, yeah. Uh, ju- just one more on that, and then we get to some more from where we left it last time on leadership forum. So we, uh, you've given us your thoughts on the villain in this case. Yes. How about the victim? What went wrong so that uh, some people became that vulnerable to others as they as they try to get richer? It it is a it is a vicious cycle, as you say, as we would say, because you see, when a person is in a state of frustration, when a person is in a state of poverty. When a people are have the mindset of shortcuts and the cheap and the easy, then you become vulnerable. Think of the pyramid schemes. It is the same story. Why why do people get into pyramid schemes? It is it's just that the pyramid scheme doesn't kill you. <laughs> <laughs> but it has literally killed families. Yes. Yeah. Why? Again, the same, same, same thinking of shortcuts. Mm. Because you know that you can buy beer, you know, from a bar. But then you don't want to spend that much, you know, to get your alcoholic drink. So it's the same problem. It is the same problem. So you want a cheaper but more powerful. Oh. So these people take advantage of you because you want it cheaper but more powerful. So you know that the the beer in the bottle, you will need several bottles for you to get to where you want to go, you know, and but that will require a lot of money. So if this person can sell you this one glass that you take a sip and you are done at only so 50 shillings or 10 shillings or whatever they sell it for, so you go for that shortcut, and that shortcut cuts short your life. Oh. You know, it's the same thing as I said with pyramid schemes. You know that for you to make money, you have to invest in a business, but the business will take so long yes. before it gives you return. <laughs> Here is somebody telling you, putting fifty thousand within six weeks, you'll have three hundred. So. Why waste your time with a business that will, if you put in your 50,000, you have to wait five years mm-hmm. before you even see your 50,000 come back, you know? So you go for the, the, the six weeks and you put in your 50,000 and indeed you get your 300,000 back. What do you do? The you take time. the whole 300 <laughs> and, and put it back. Yes, yes. <laughs> and they are very clever. They give you back 900,000. Then you take the then nine. you take the nine hundred thousand and put it back and call your friends a few. Yes. Then uh, they come and tell you that, like Abu Nuas, you know, 
<laughs> the Sophia died. Oh dear. So it is that same spirit of shortcuts, wanting it here and now. And unfortunately, Bishop, I think the church yes. uh, has not been exempted. No, but it is the same thing. That's why I'm saying there are people who are also in the church with the same, same spirit. Mindset. It's a spirit. It is a spirit. Okay. The same, same spirit. So here is a pastor who wants to make it quick financially, whether whether with a genuine spirit or not. So they manipulate the gospel. They manipulate the scriptures to say what it was never meant to say. And then they get these vulnerable people who okay. also want to make it quick. You called it vicious cycles. <laughs> so, Indeed. So they have ready market. Oh. So get this bottle of oil. Just apply. Yeah. And and, and, and and your life will be transformed forever. Very but the bottle of oil comes at a price, you know. Yeah. Uh, get this soil, you know, for so much. Go and put it on your farm and your farm is transformed forever. And people buy. People actually buy. Send this number on your screen, send 300 shillings. The moment it hits my account, your life is transformed. And people send. Why? Because we want shortcuts. We want easy things. It's the same story. Both the buyer and the seller. Yes. The seller cannot sell unless they are buyers. <laughs> <laughs> they are all... They but they are all of the same mind. Victims to their spirit. Yes, it is, they are all of the same mind. Both of them want shortcuts. God the seller mind. wants a quick way of making money. The, the buyer, buyer wants quick solutions. And they meet there. And they meet and <laughs> at the shortcut. At the shortcut point, <laughs> okay. the market. Oh, oh. <laughs> and and that's, that's, that's what we have. Really, and it is really, really sad. It's a sorry it, state. It's a sorry state. It's a it's a vicious cycle. And and uh, I I was thinking about it, and that when Yeredet called us a man eat man society, I think he was wrong. What do you want him to say? He is. Uh, we we are beyond that. <laughs> <laughs> what are you? Going it to was an about? understatement. It, it was is an, an understatement. Yeah. We are beyond just eating man. You know, we, I don't know, we, we devour you. We, mm. we eat even beyond man. We clear everything. You know, you think of the mega scandals in the, in, in our society and you wonder how can somebody just sit down to think of how they can rob the country of such huge amounts. We are right now talking about paying out Anglo leasing, you know, mm. And the government, there's a sense in which they are caught between the rock and the hard place because they found this thing on. So it's not like the, the current government is the one that created Anglo leasing. But the Anglo leasing has been so designed that the government now finds itself that you either pay or you don't pay. Either way, you lose. You know? Yeah. So, but the people who are being paid are sitting there. <laughs> they know themselves. <laughs> yeah. They know themselves. But they cannot come and say, for the love of my country, 
we don't have to be paid. Whatever we had got earlier is enough. Is enough. They are actually sitting there waiting. waiting for these new payments to be made. They are actually got their lawyers to go to court to force the government to pay. In the government's shoes, between a rock and a hard place, yes. which would you take? The rock or the hard place? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's really hard. My, my own position is this. Mm. Blackmailers can never be satisfied. The way to deal with blackmailers is never to pay. At all? At all. And let them do what they want to do. Because when you pay a blackmailer, they only raise the bar. They will want more. So blackmailers, the only way to deal with them is not to pay. And let them do what they want to do. That is when it will end. But if you, you draw a line. You draw a line and you say, if you want to kill me, you kill me. That takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of courage. And faith. And faith, yes. yes. <laughs> but that's, if, if, you, if you read uh, this, some of them even fiction, you know, uh, for example, when I was young, I, was, I used to read a lot of James Hadley Chess. And that's how blackmailers were dealt with. <laughs> <laughs> They were fiction, but, uh, you know. <laughs> Can you find a biblical example, Bishop? <laughs> Unfortunately, there is no blackmailing in the Bible. There isn't. I, I, I think we will come I, up I with one. I can't think of I any. I feeling there is someone blackmailing another, <laughs> another in scripture. Yes. I, can't, I can't think of any. <laughs> okay. Uh, right away, um, it is possible that there are. But you don't pay. So okay. if I was in the government... I would not pay unless face the consequences. At some point, hopefully, these people will come out of the woodworks as they claim their money and we'll be able to deal with them. All right. Thank but you. just not pay. Okay. <laughs> and it takes courage and faith. Yes, it takes courage and faith, and we have both. Okay. We have both. I believe that our, our president and his deputy should be men of faith in the Lord that God will help us, but we will not uh, perpetuate wickedness. All right. Yeah. So they, they should take that stand of courage not to perpetuate wickedness and have faith that God will help us out of the situation. And I believe he will. Mm. I believe he will. Yes. But the moment we, we give in to wickedness, it's like David and Goliath. You know, the, the, the Israel was trembling. They were between the rock and the hard place also. But David came and said, I know a God who can deal with this guy. You know, the equation changes. Yes. And so by faith, mm. he believed that God could do something. But he had to throw the sling, the stone. He had to use his hand and throw the stone, believing that it will accomplish something. It was so small that even the people, the, the giant, you know, was looking and saying, now, what is this you're coming with? Am I a dog? Am I a dog? You know. And so the Anglo-Listing people may also be thinking, you have to pay? Or because they have threatened that if the government doesn't pay, they are going to auction our property abroad. Let them auction. We'll build others. But that will be the end of their journey.
At the very worst, that's what will happen. That's all that will happen, yes. At the very worst, that's all that will happen. <laughs> they will auction our property. Just. Yes. Okay. Which is still money anyway. But that will be the end of it. But if we pay, they will bring another uh, another invoice. And we'll pay also. Then they will bring another invoice. And we'll be forced to pay. It will not end. But let's have faith. If mm. I was a president, mm. I would have faith in not God. to pay them. And even that property will not be auctioned. You would start. <laughs> <laughs> it will not be auctioned. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's, that would be, uh, but I'm not the president. He knows, has more information than I do. So. Uh, but, but, but you see, looking at it from. From where I sit. From where you sit. Yes. And the little information that I have. That's what I would do Which as a sense. matter of principle. Uh, yeah. And as a matter of uh, uh, spiritual wisdom? Call it that. Okay. <laughs> I will. <laughs> I will. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Don't pay. Can, can someone ride on another's faith? Oh, yes. Why not? Okay. Yes. I've made my point. Let's go to... People can... That's, that's where we as pastors, we as spiritual leaders, that's our business. Because we believe in a mighty God, we can go to a person and tell them, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And walk. It is our faith. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. And they can walk. Amazing. Based on our faith. Yeah, if nobody went to them with that faith, they would never have walked. True, yeah. true, yes. But our faith stirs up their faith, and they are able to trust in this Jesus who can actually do something. Okay. Yeah, so you can ride on our faith. Amen. <laughs> Amen. 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 Wow, very interesting. Very interesting. Uh, we might as well, uh, you know, <laughs> we, we can forget why we, we came in the first place. But that was very important, Bishop, and thank you for, for, for your amazing comments there. So we talked about organizational climate last time. Yes. April the 14th, I believe. That's when you were here last. Uh, and we were saying that whatever happens in an organization is what makes its climate. Yes, we, so we talked about another some components there: uh, psychological climate, reorganization climate, um, yeah, things like that. Mm -hmm. And we talked about its effects. Yes. On on uh, on the organization. and the organization. Yes. All right. Um, today we we will look very briefly on how uh, how to develop a good organizational climate, uh, creating a positive organizational climate. That's that's what we'll talk about okay. in the few minutes that are left. Because today we are ending a little earlier. Yes, we'll end a little bit earlier. Yeah. Uh, I could start another story there. No, <laughs> let, 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 let's go on. Let's go on. Yes. So how to develop a good climate, organizational climate? Yes. Okay. Uh, and and this, the, the first point is to me, the most critical, the most critical. 
hire people with high levels of emotional intelligence. It's recruitment. Uh, if it has been said that everything rises and falls on leadership, I can say everything rises and falls on recruitment. Get the wrong people on your team and you are done. Get the right people on your team and you're on the way to success. And this, this, this is a very, not a very easy thing to do. So if you, if you hire the right people, if you get the right people on board, uh, it has been found that leaders and workers, particularly managers with high emo emotional intelligence, create positive organizational climate. Maybe um, uh, different forums will have some different definitions for emotional intelligence Yes. in our context here. What do you mean? Emotional intelligence, very uh, without going to the technical definition, is that uh, a person with high emotional intelligence uh, is a person who, who looks at things objectively, thinks objectively and creatively, and is in, in, in uh, charge or possession uh, or what control of, of their own emotions. So they, they do not react to situations and peoples uh, emotionally. But they are able to evaluate a situation, think of it very objectively, and come up with uh, solutions or uh, conclusions that are based on facts rather than on emotions. Mm. So, so, um, so practically that is what it is all about. So when you have people on your team who are in charge of their, of themselves, you know, what they have the spirit of self-control, if, if you can call it, so that they don't look at things subjectively, make conclusions, very subjective conclusions when they see things, because that's what creates a wrong climate, you know, where somebody looks at a situation and they begin to infer, you know, mm. this must be so because of this and the other, and they don't bother even to look for the facts. So-and-so was promoted, must have been promoted because he knows the boss or she knows the boss. Or the, the other day I saw them having lunch together. So there must be something <laughs> <laughs> cooking between them. And, and they, they do not even bother to find out the truth. the truth. And out of the conclusion that they have made, they pass it on to others. You know? Mm. So they go around saying... You know what is happening here in this place. No, this is this this is how things happen. If you unless you are like this and like that, you'll never get there or there. So you pass on information that is founded on a wrong premise, but you pass it on as fact simply because you you don't have high emotional intelligence. I think it's clear. One question, though, yes. before we, we, we continue. So we are on recruitment. In recruitment, yes. Uh, which is our point number one. Yes. Just how can you tell the emotional intelligence of a person at the recruitment, recruitment level? level? 
That's why I said it's the most difficult and yet the most important. Because people can deceive you at recruitment level. Yes. Yeah. Uh, there are people who will come and look very good. Angelic. But angelic, yeah. yes. <laughs> but but uh, there are, there are, if one is very sensitive, if, because many times this is not something that we necessarily look for. But uh, there are ways, if you want, especially for high-level recruitment, there are ways of uh, testing people, even with questions or circumstances. Uh, uh, I've, uh, one of the books I highly recommend to our pastors to read is a book by Charles Pagan. It's called uh, uh, Lectures to My Students. Excellent on, 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 uh, on pastoral ministry. He deals with almost everything that happens within church. So he tells of this uh, where he, he talks about emotional intelligence. Of course, he doesn't use that <laughs> that that uh, term. Mm. Uh, but basically, that's what he's talking about, recruiting pastors that that are stable uh, and, and so on. So he, he, he tells this story of how he was recruiting some pastors. And he told them the interview is going to be at 6 a.m., that already is early. <laughs> it's early. That is very early. <laughs> very <yes>. early. <laughs> so he he gets these uh, people to report at 6 a.m. And anybody coming 6 or 1 was not allowed in. So if you come at 6 or 1, you are late and you are out. That already you have failed your interview. Then he keeps them in a room. You know, mm. and he comes two hours later. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he himself. He himself. So, of course, they are uh, angry. They are what you know. They have been worked up. Why did you call at six a.m.? He doesn't turn up until eight o'clock himself. Then he calls them in one by one. And he asked them such simple questions, <laughs> you know, mm. well, it's not even simple, simplistic questions that have nothing to do with pastoral ministry. And so the person is thinking, this is an insult to my intelligence, intelligence you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. First, they are angry because they have been sitting there for so long. And secondly, they... They have, they have prepared themselves for this high-level interview because his church was a very prestigious uh, church. So they know they, for you to be taken there, you really have to be somebody. And then they asked simplistic questions, and then they are released and called for another interview, again, 6 a.m. So he is just testing... <laughs> <laughs> How the people respond and react in different situations, you know. Uh, now, we may not go to that extreme, but even within an interview setting, you can sense people who are just emotional, how they respond to situations, how they respond to issues, uh, where they have been, how they have related with other people, why are they living where they have been working uh, and things like that. It, you you can begin to sense where this person is at. 
and it can tell you uh, whether uh, they, they, they are stable or not stable. But as I, uh, when it's all is said and done, mm. it is not easy. Yeah, it is not easy to, to test that. Yes, even the, people, pro- the Prophet Samuel couldn't quite figure it out. Yes. Yeah. It, it's, it's not an easy thing, but uh, again, uh, uh, talking about Christian Sako, I think you need to pray that God would give you the right people. Okay. <laughs> you need to pray that God would give you the right people. Yeah. One of the things I've realized uh, and, and, and discovered is uh, I've sat in many interviews, uh, not I being interviewed, but I interviewing people. And once in a while, you know, somebody comes through and they are so good. But there's this one thing that you are not certain about. And sometimes the, the interviewers are divided, the panel. Yes, because divide, you are many. Yes, you are divided on on this person. They, on the other one hand, they are so good. Uh, they have what you are looking for. But on the other hand, there's this thing that you are not sure about. So some are like, let's, that's just a small thing. That's just, you know, let's, let's take him or her. Uh, others is like, no, 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 that we, 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 we should think twice. As many times as we have ignored that, we have ended up in problems with those people. Along the road somewhere. It became a big it thing. It becomes a big thing. That which was only <laughs> yes, a small, small thing. thing. Yes. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, it, it, it's, I can think of the number of people that we have have challenges with in our own ministry as staff. And I can recall back if I was in that interview that there was this small, <laughs> this thing. small thing. So it, it, it requires a spirit of discernment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. That's why I was saying you really need to ask God because sometimes you get very good people, gifted, well trained, good in their work, uh, good CV. But then you, you, this, this thing that is putting doubts in your mind. Okay. And sometimes it is the Lord telling you, like He told David, not David, Samuel. Not that one, you know. But the guy is tall and handsome, like Eliab. <laughs> you know, and it's easy to it's easy to, to anoint to anoint them. And as lo- many times as we have anointed them, we have ended up in trouble. Okay. Yeah. We can go to the second one, but we will come back. <laughs> <laughs> so recruitment is a critical thing to just ensure you have the right person. Unfortunately, again, what makes it difficult is that those people are also very few. Mm. Those people are also very few. Uh, one of the things that I've found in, uh, and many organizations are now doing this, is to develop their own people. It's, it's like what we were talking about earlier. Take fresh, young people, innocent, not contaminated with the world and the world of work, and train them disciple them in your ways. Many organizations are now doing that uh, in, in their apprenticeship, you know, whatever you call it. Uh, get young graduates, get young, fresh people, 
and just train them yourself rather than get this person with 10 years experience. You know, they come in with 10 years of other things also, <laughs> you know, and, and they just mess you up. But training, of course, takes long. It's, it's a fruit tree. It's a fruit tree that we are talking about. <laughs> yes. It may be another 10 years before this person gets to where you want them to be, but you have no 10 years to wait, you know. Mm. But when you grow your own people, you actually get uh, the right people that you need. Because inculcating them, your values, your culture, uh, your vision, your mission, and they are able to run with it without contamination. Mm-hmm. Not that it is always 100% successful, but it, 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 it has a higher success rate. And so even us in Sitam, that's what we are beginning to do. Yeah. The camp. Camp program is one of them. That's one of them. Yes. All right. <laughs> Develop young people. And it's amazing. You sit with these people and like those men who are walking on the road to a mouse. Mm. Your heart is strangely warmed. You know? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Seriously, your heart is strangely, strangely. warmed. Because you, you sense, yes, they have what we are looking for. They, they, they have the right spirit. They have the right uh, drive, you know. Your heart just gets strangely warmed. Mm. <laughs> and eager to develop. Eager to develop more. That which is inside. Yes. All right. So it is It is part of the discipleship program. It is a Jesus strategy, you know. Oh, Jesus could disciples. have come and picked a few Pharisees <laughs> <laughs> oh. to put on his team. <laughs> because they had all the uh, religious training and background, the scribes, you know, they had read the scriptures. They, they knew it inside out. And so if you really wanted something that moves fast, get people like Paul on the on board and others. All right. But Jesus speaks fishermen and all these guys who have no idea about spiritual things and begins to train them himself in a new way of looking at the kingdom of God. Mm. And within three years, they are ready. Amazing. And Jesus leaves them and we are here today because of them. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that's at the recruitment level. Recruitment level. Creating a good organizational climate. We begin there. At recruitment level. At recruitment. Get the right people. And now we've gone way back <laughs> into developing yes. for ourselves. Yes. Okay. We will go to number two. What would that be? We will be looking at uh, how the organization is run. Okay. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of the Leadership Forum, Leading Through Conflict. These episodes are a collection of sessions we have archived over time at Hope FM. To catch the latest live discussions of the Leadership Forum, tune in to Hope FM every Monday at 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. East African time on www.hopemediakenya.org or watch live on Facebook and YouTube at Hope FM Live. Join us again on the next episode to get leadership nuggets on the Leadership Forum. Brought to you by Friends of Hope. Keeping hope alive.